It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 chair. Boyle for Hall behind the net. Boyle goes to the front of the net. Hall comes to the near side. Out of the corner. Looks around. Out high. Pomeri with a shot. Blocked it away by Vasilevsky. Loose puck. Hall with a shot. Taylor Hall with a second goal of the playoffs. Devils and Lightning 1-1. Six minutes left in the second period. Lightning lead the series 2-0. Toronto up 3-2 on Boston after two. Boston up 2-0 in that series. Later on tonight, Predators at the Avs. Nashville leads 2-zip. San Jose on home ice with a 2-0 lead on Anaheim. Hmm, sound familiar? Anaheim losing the first two games at home. I think I've uh, heard something about that before. WHL playoffs tonight. Moose Jaw and Swift Current. Game 7 just getting underway. AJHL playoffs tonight. Spruce Grove home to Okotoks. Game 3 just getting underway. Spruce Grove won the first two games on the road. Blue Jays Kansas City postponed. Hole in the roof at Rogers Center because of ice falling off the CN Tower. Sounds like a scene out of that movie The Day After Tomorrow. Was that the one where it got all cold really fast and all icy? I think so. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, Sean texted in earlier. He said, I'm looking forward to hearing Mike Civic read. In the 1980s, he was my and my friend's favorite linesman. Yes, we had a favorite linesman. When the Battle of Alberta actually existed, Civic knew exactly how long to let a fight go on. He'd stand back and watch and let him go. I think the players must have known this too because the boys would be swinging with Civic. Hope his retirement is treating him right. That is from Sean, giving us a perfect segue into former NHL linesman Mike Civic. Mike, did you know you had a fan club? No, that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you if, if Linesman had hockey cards, but I'm sure Sean has yours. <laughs> oh, oh, we did at one point. I actually I missed the first set that uh I believe uh our association put out. I had just uh, got hired and they, of course they had all the uh senior guys and I was supposed to be in the second run. The second run never happened, so <laughs> <laughs> He mentioned the Battle of Alberta. Uh, I mean, you knew, and certainly earlier in your career, there probably would have been a little more fighting. There must have been certain games, whether it was, uh, I don't know, Flames, Oilers of a certain era, Penguins, Flyers have always had that. There must have been certain buildings, certain nights on the schedule you went into thinking like, okay, I'm going to be jumping in tonight. Oh, yeah, you were always you were always hoping for those assignments because those were, those were always the big games where everybody was uh, focused on watching, like... Uh, you said uh, Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Philly, Washington was a pretty good one too. And you can never forget about Quebec and Montreal. 
Oh yeah, of course. How could I forget about that one? Because they had some, uh, they had some, they had some bloody battles. Were there were there two guys that you remember having a particularly heated rivalry? Where sometimes you thought, "Geez, maybe I should just let let them see how far they'll go against each other tonight." <laughs> Uh, you know what? It just depended on what happened on the ice that particular night. Um, you know, back when I first started, um, <clears throat> the quote fighters, fighters, uh, you know, they they had the role and they went they went out and they just played hockey if they had to. You know, the coach would throw them out and they'd do whatever they needed to do. But if the one incident happened where somebody took a run at somebody or somebody took advantage of somebody, especially one of your star players, that's when you knew. That guy was coming out, and you knew the other guy from the other team was going like, okay, I got to go and defend, defend. You know, I got to take care of this guy because we don't need him going after one of our good guys. So they'd get together, they'd fight, and most times when we were going in, it was all, um, you know, you guys done fighting? Yep, and they just stopped throwing punches. We'd go in and separate them and take them to the box. <laughs> See, that's the one part that, that a lot of people who have never been in a hockey fight don't understand, that they can just all of a sudden stop and pat each other on the back of the head. <laughs> they just go off to the penalty box. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, that was their job, and uh, if they weren't going to do it, there was always probably 10 other guys that uh, could have taken their spot, so they just did what they needed to do to survive in the game, and they were always really good teammates. I mean, Dave Semenko, I don't know how many times I wrestled him in hockey games. You know, God bless Dave, because he was, he was such a nice guy off the ice. Um, you'd see him in a hotel, or you'd see him in a concierge when he was scouting for, for the Oilers, and you'd sit down and you'd just have, start to have, a, you know, you'd start to have one coffee with him, and you'd end up sitting there for two hours reminiscing about this game and that game and travel and um, seeing him at the pool in Los Angeles because, you know, we're all, we're all there. They only had the one team in L.A., so everybody was always at the pool. Was Samiko one of the strongest guys, you think, from your era in the league? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, w- it would have been uh, him and, and, and Bobby. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Bob Probert. Yeah, Mike Civic joining us at Inside Sports, former NHL linesman, uh, retired. But I think a couple of years ago we had you on uh, close to 2,000 games in the National Hockey League. Pretty incredible. Uh, you know, we want to talk to you about a couple of things. Steve Barton. Uh, I mean, you got you got a feel for this guy. He's in Edmonton about a month ago. Uh, McDavid loses his balance, goes into Barton's legs. Barton hits his head on the ice, has to go off on a stretcher. He he's been back working. Last night, uh, you know, his knee gets uh, twisted around, his leg gets twisted around, and it's a dislocated kneecap and torn quadriceps from the Columbus-Washington game. So the poor guy, two injuries in in just over a month, so he's going to need surgery, and he's going to be out a while. I I mean, when you you see that, a a fellow linesman going down like that, Mike, what's going through your mind? Oh, first off, I feel his pain because I... I, uh sent him a text this morning and, and was chatting with him and uh, he was actually scheduled for surgery this afternoon so they were pretty quick in getting him in and uh, getting him fixed but you're just like oh man I know exactly you know you, you just feel so bad because when you're seeing it come about you're like holy cow this isn't going to end up well and you know poor Connor because you know I, I saw the replay of his uh, of his facial expression he goes oh my god it's it's like you know the players are, you know, so professional that they don't want to run into us, and we don't want we don't want to get in their way and stuff like this. And just some days, there's not enough room out there, and they uh, they get going at such a pace, and they're doing things, and we're, sta- you know, they're moving. We're kind of 
we're, we're moving, but not at the same pace that they are. And all of a sudden they close that gap so quick and then, you know, they lose an edge or like what happened to him. You know, he, he just kind of got pushed towards the boards and poor Steve, is, he's got nowhere to go. Mike, did you ever get badly hurt in a game or have a close call where you still think, oh, geez, that could have been bad? Oh, yeah, I, I don't know how many times Al McGinnis has, has, has uh, fired a puck right by me, and I'm like, if I'm like one inch off of where I'm standing, I'm taking this one in the head or, or wherever it was shot. Um, I had my uh, left hand, uh, the three tendons on my baby finger, my ring finger, and my middle finger uh, sliced, breaking up a fight in San Jose. And then, of course, um, we were breaking up a fight in uh, St. Louis, and when I, both Brad Lazarowicz and I got twisted around, um, and we both fell to the ice, and it was about two months later I found out that uh, I completely tore my ACL. Oh. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't, why, why, why my leg kept popping out. Um, and then, of course, my last game where I broke my ankle. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jeez, how did that happen again? Um, I think it, I keep, I, I, I always get his name wrong, but I think it was TJ Brown for Tampa, uh, hit uh, a Flames defenseman uh, in the corner. The Flames got the puck out. He was coming out up ice, turnover in the uh, neutral zone. Uh, Hedman gets it off the wall on the on the player's side to TJ. He turns, or JT, he turns, and as he turned, his leg went in between mine and flipped me. And uh, my, my right skate stayed in the ice, and I went down like a tree. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> That's a nice farewell, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I never forget my last game. <laughs> what about the? You said you got your fingers sliced. Like, did you wind up on the ice and get a skate, or what happened? Uh, no, it was uh, Stu Grimson, and I can't remember who he was fighting um, in Anaheim. But they started in the uh, middle of the ice. It went to San Jose's bench, and Stu tried to push him over the bench. And Shane Hire and I decided, you know, this isn't going to end up well for anybody if he goes in the bench. So we, we started to go in, and as we are going in, um, the guy's skate came up off the ice because he was going to lose his balance, and my hand just happened to be there and sliced, sliced the outside of my hand. And oh, jeez. Fortunately, it got uh, three tendons. So. Did, you, now how much, did you have to miss some games? Yeah, it was near the end of the season. I think it was... Um, late March of whatever year it happened in. So I missed the rest of the season. And then um, I missed through to, I didn't come back and work actively till middle of November of the following season. Oh, wow. Okay. So that cost you quite a bit. Jeez, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I missed a total of 50 some odd games between the end of the season and the beginning of the next one. Well, and, and you know, that's, I mean, when a player is out, we talk about it on shows like this every day. How long is he going to win? I mean, you guys are out, and and uh, for a lot of the fans, you don't talk about you. But, I mean, there's probably always a, a ref or a linesman that's dealing with something and is missing action or, or perhaps a little limited, eh? Oh, yeah. Like, there was um, uh, three guys that I know of for sure. After December, they were, uh, they were told to have their surgeries. Uh, so they missed the rest of this season. Um, I think one was two were knees. And um, one, one I believe, was a concussion. So they told him just to, you know, shut her down and get healthy for next season because there's no sense trying to trying to work back because they've got enough guys running around in the minors that they can fill up the spots. So right, that's tough though. Uh, Mike, I also wanted to have you on the show. 
Hey, there is something I have, uh, well, quite frankly, I've complained about it. <laughs> I've complained okay. about it a lot. And uh, that is the offside challenge, the video review for the offside challenge. Uh, some, now, obviously, the coach can challenge, or if it's in the final minute or in overtime, they do an automatic review, like they did yesterday in the Columbus-Washington game. And I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, why Why is this even reviewable? I mean, if it would have been offside, it would have been by a centimeter. I think, it, 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 any, if anything, it's proven how good you and all the linesmen are and have been over the years because a lot of those calls are impossible to see with the naked eye. Uh, I mean, as a guy who did the job and, and now you see the, the offside challenge and how close some of the reviews are, I mean, what, do, what are you thinking about all this? Am I, am I totally out to lunch by being a little <laughs> a little whiny about it or what? Uh, no, you know what, Reed, I'm kind of the, I'm a, I'm a the old school, I guess, vernacular, and it's like, the game is played by humans, right? Humans make mistakes. The, the, uh, the ultimate goal of this thing is the team that plays better makes the less amount of mistakes should win the hockey game. Now, you throw, you throw in our, our factor of, okay, you know what? We're not perfect either, and we make the odd mistake. But at the end of the day, it should even out. If, if, if the call goes against you in October, it's probably going to go for you in February. So as long as you can sit there at the end of the day and go, hey, you know what, it all evened out, that's, I guess, my euphoric vision of, of how the game is to be played. Now, franchises are worth millions of dollars, and I, I'm sure if, if an owner's sitting listening to this, he's going like, no, I just, you know, that one call could cost me $2 million a playoff. So, you know, I, I don't know the financial part of all that kind of stuff, and I, I really don't want to. But it's... When, when they brought it in, we had a long discussion at training camp. Like, goaltender interference, there's a lot of different things that go on in that dynamic before you can come up with, was it goaltender interference, wasn't, wasn't it goaltender interference, does the goal count, does the goal not count. Offside is black and white, whether it's a centimeter or like the one that happened in uh, Colorado where it was 10 feet offside. Right. Shane looks back and then the lines are standing there waving off and he wires it into the top in, into the top corner. And that was, I don't know if that was the catalyst, but that seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back. But the last time I can ever remember before that situation where anything that egregious happened was in, in the playoffs with Philadelphia and the Islanders. And that was back, that, that was back in the 70s. Right. So, you know, sometimes I, th- I think people need to, like, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a mistake and it happens and, it, you know, the guy got heck for it. But to go and say we need to change something that's not really broken, um, you know, it's, it, it's almost like they were trying to go, okay, we need to take something imperfect, find a way to make it perfect, but in... in in the land of making that perfect, you just create more imperfections. That, and it, that's a great summary. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 it just you know, like you said, you know, I, I I did this for thirty years, and I probably missed thousands of calls, both ones that were offside and ones that I called on offside that weren't offside. But the players understand that you know, as as the game goes on. Stuff like that happens. As long as you're not doing it night after night and every call, then it just it works itself out. But I, I have a hard time sitting here 
Uh, you know, I, I went through a couple of reviews b- before the end of my career, and just looking at the iPad and, and watching it, um, I, I think Mike Murphy was on the other end of the phone in Toronto when I was talking to him. Uh, he's like, okay, I'm going to show it to you in slow motion. I'm going, Murph, I don't want to see it in slow motion. I want to see it in real time. I don't want to see it in slow motion because I make this call in real time. Because as soon as you start slowing things down, it distorts what actually happens. And I'm like, I don't want to see it in slow motion. Now, I don't, I don't know if the guys can do that anymore, but I was like, no, I don't want to see it in slow motion. Give it to me real time because that's how I make this call. Well, I think you make a great point, and, and that's another argument I would make, too. If you're going to have review for offside, review it at full speed. I mean, the Duchesne one was so bad, you could have watched it at 10 times normal speed, 10 times faster, and it would have still looked offside. But, I mean, that's the problem. It, and, then it's, and then it makes it look like, I mean, the Oilers had that goal called back in Nashville. The test who carried the puck in, one of those Karras skate is barely off the line, but he's mm-hmm. still dragging it over the blue line. And at full speed... No linesman, unless he's a robot, is is going to be able to detect that. So why make it seem like the linesman made a mistake when, in my mind, he really didn't? No, again, it's that's part of the game. That's you know I, that that's the ebbs and flows of the game of hockey. They try so hard to you know make those plays, and we sit there and we judge them and we look at them and we go like that's a that's a really good play. And unless the guy's foot eight feet up off the ice. And you know now, now I've heard guys you know like let's make it like football it breaks the plane you're just you're, that's going to just create more problems like you're going to have guys skate up in the air and now you're going to get guys hurt. <laughs> oh right, because they'll just skate hovering over the line. Oh exactly. Yeah, that's I never guys, even thought of that. Guys skates will come up it, it'll it'll create a whole other nightmare of of, of stuff that's going to happen. So you know here again it's like sometimes they just have to sit there breathe and go. The game's at a really good place. Why do we want to tinker with little things that are going to throw the whole thing out of whack? That's well I said. Think, well, that's I, well I, said. I, I think that's. I think that's what this offside thing has done. Is it throws it out of whack because now, before the only the only time coaches ever looked at TV was one when they went into the dressing room between periods. Now they got they got TVs in their feet for crying out loud, and every play they're looking at them. I'm going like, well, like yeah, that's great, but. Whatever happened to the flow of a hockey game? Yeah, yeah, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I don't, I don't know. I think most listeners would probably agree with you too, especially on the offside challenge, Mike. I, I've taken up more of your time than I thought I would. I always love having you on the show, but we did have Sean from your fan club text in, and he said, "I hope retirement is treating you well." Just uh, quickly, let people know what you're up to. Oh, I'm uh, doing a little bird, well, a little bird, a little work with the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League uh, referees down here in the Calgary area kind of a little supervising and mentoring and uh, doing some uh, some of the same stuff with the CIS Women's Hockey and the uh, Canadian Women's Hockey League. So I've got, an, got enough hockey in my system uh, off, off the pro side to keep, me, uh, to keep me happy and engaged and busy. And uh, the, uh, you know, I, I, just before I came on, I heard the uh, ad for Spruce Grove and Okotoks tonight. I'll tell you what, people you got to go out and if you want to see some really, really good hockey, these two teams, they're number one and number two in the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League. Okotoks was first overall in the Canadian Junior Hockey League, and Spruce was fifth. It's awesome hockey to watch. Spruce Grove up one nothing on Okotoks halfway through the first period after stealing the first two games in Okotoks. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one. Mike, uh, we got to do this again. Thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate the stories and some of your perspective on the things we see in the game today, man. Have a good night watching hockey, okay? 
I will. You too, Reed. Thanks for having me on. That is Mike Civic checking in tonight, former NHL linesman. And, boy, he is a beauty to have on the show. We had him on shortly after he retired a couple of years ago. I, I love that perspective on the offside challenge. And, um, you know, like you said, you, you're, trying, you're trying to make a, a, an imperfect situation perfect, and now you just seem to expose more imperfections. You can text 63630, the phone number is 780-496-0063. We're coming right back. Great to have Mike Civic on the show. Some texts coming into 636.30. Kirk says Mike Civic is right. Mr. Hockey said the game rules were fine in the 60s. Stands were full. Why change the rules every year? Bermuda Boy says, Reed, in, heifer, in reference to offside, I hate how coaches can decide to challenge the call and then they look at it in slow motion. Uh, like the game, they should challenge and then show the play in real time. And what about a call that is blown down as offside when it is clearly onside? It's crazy. That is a text in from Bermuda Boy to 630-630. The open line is 780-496-0063. Leafs up 3-2 on the Bruins with eight and a half minutes left. Lightning and Devils tied 1-1 after two. Two other NHL games coming up later tonight. Game seven in the dub. Swift Current and Moose Jaw scoreless halfway through the first. We're back after the news. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Oh, a little Brian Adams. He's coming to Edmonton. What is that concert, Greg? Why would you ask a guy that's on country radio? Well, because you Random. know everything about concerts. Hey, music radio guy, tell me all the concerts. Uh, June 8th. Is it is it is he lucky enough to do a two nighter or is it a, a one nighter? Uh, it looks like it's just a one nighter. He's got to get two nights. Brian Adams is my favorite. Really? Yeah, I got a weird love for Brian Adams. When I was working at Earl's, this might have been one of the reasons I got fired. I uh, <laughs> I there was like this playlist, a four song playlist of Brian Adams, but it was his live DVD. And it, was, it was when Earl's just got the screens where they could play the 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 music video along with the song. Okay. And so there's a four-song playlist that had Summer of 69, but it was a live DVD thing. So Summer of 69, Heaven, Cuts Like a Knife, and one more. And I would play those on repeat for hours until customers started to complain because what I loved this? them. It was in Calgary. Oh, this is where you're growing yeah, up yeah, yeah. as a lad. It was fantastic. But Heaven, man, I would play Heaven over and over and over again. I'm getting married in July, and I told my fiance that's the song that I want to walk down the aisle to. And then she had never heard it somehow. And I showed it to her, and she laughed. She said, this song's awful. I said, what? No, it isn't. I know. You weren't born when that song came out, though, It's were a great you? song, though. I don't know. Maybe. What, what year did it come out? Uh, 84, I think. Yeah, I was born. Okay. I was three years old, rocking out in my diaper to that. I was, I came, it came, Reckless came out, I think it was 84. It might have been 83. Now, I've told the story before. That was the first tape I, like, anticipated coming out. Where it was like, I want to know when yeah. it comes out and go get it on the first day or the first week. It was and you had, to, you had to run to you, which we just played, was the first single. You had to put your pencil into, you know, have <laughs> it not break on you. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Greg so, Reynolds from Kissing Country 103.9 is in studio on Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for coming up. I appreciate it. See, you know more about rock music than I do about country music. So you're welcome for that. that. I'm, uh, Though I've learned there's uh, Luke Bryan is big. There you go. Uh, Thomas Rhett yeah. is big. Uh, Travis Tritt. Not big. Okay. Used to be big. Used to be big. Uh, uh, Shania had a new album recently. She did. Didn't it flop? It, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't yeah. do well? Yeah, it's one of those things. Is and Faith Hill still around? She's still a living person, yep. 
not making music? Her and Tim McGraw are on tour together. They do this soul-to-soul tour, yep. and it's making a ton of money, but the new music they put out is not exactly the best. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the number one star? Oh, Florida Georgia Line. They're a thing. They're a thing. Look they're, at they're you. popular. Have you been doing research? Well, because I walked, I, I was in your studio the other day, right. so I see band name on the uh, whiteboard. Who should, who should I know in country music so I could fake a conversation? Well, I can't know. the top Here's what right I now? want you to do. What do you like? Do you like the old school country sound? Do you like the pop country I like sound? virtually none of it. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm not going to give you a name. You well, have to give me... Okay. Uh, I like... Uh, I want, no, you know what? To sound cool, say you're, say you're a big Chris Stapleton fan. I don't know who that is. There you go. But learn it. But he's number one right yeah, now? Yeah, well, he's got like a big grizzly beard, and he's got like the, the, the smoky, raspy voice, and he wins all the awards in the past couple of oh, years. Oh, Lady Antebellum? They're, yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they're still around. How, how, who's, been, who's been the biggest the longest? Biggest the longest? Like, who's, who would have been good several years ago and is still like, yeah, they're still good? Bob. Blake like, Shelton. Like, you, like, you'd say probably, okay, Blake Shelton. I know Blake him. Shelton, Luke Bryan, uh, Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert. Okay, I know these names. Yeah. So usually when they put out an album, it's a vent. They're not a one-hit one. Not, or not necessarily a one-hit one, but they're not like a... Keith oh, Urban's a big one. Keith Urban. So they've yeah. been, their music is consistently good and they're consistently popular. For the longest time, yeah. I mean, you get like a 10, 12-year stretch in country music, you're doing well for yourself. Oh, absolutely. I would think so. So that's they they've been around. So who there. would be the U2 of country music? That is so almost an impossible <laughs> question, but thank you for asking. By the that. way, uh, 30 years ago today, my favorite song okay, by my, 30 years ago today, my favorite song by my favorite band, uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard, why did was you go released from U2 as a to single. Def Leppard. I thought you were thinking you too. My mind just goes anywhere. Great. I, You've been on the show before. Speaking of my Earl's days, we had an old manager that whenever that song would come on, she would uh, jump on the bar and dance. So that was interesting. This texture says, did you know Brian Adams sang lead vocals on Sweeney Todd's second album? Yes, he was the lead singer of Sweeney Todd, and then he went solo. I didn't know. Wasn't he like 17 or something when he I did that? That texture would no know idea. that. I did know he was briefly in Sweeney Todd. You know what would be cool? Do you know how uh, all the artists just came together and redid a bunch of Elton John songs? and But they would do them in sort of their own interpretation? They should do that with Brian Adams' album that you were talking about, the first tape you, you looked forward to, and just get a bunch of oh, current like artists. Album. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. John texts and he says, isn't Kenny Chestnut somebody? Now, is it Kenny Chestnut or <laughs> There's Chestnut? Mark Chestnut and there's Kenny Chesney. Oh, Kenny Chesney. There you go. And Mark... Chestnut. But Mark Chestnut's Does like a 90s... Does it have a T in it or is it chess like the game nut? Chestnut. Chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> hey, better get that looked at. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew you were going to go there. And that's why I didn't want it to... There we go. There we go. You're so proud of yourself. Uh, John John adds to his text, I don't know, country music is just the worst. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that very much. I have you get a lot of that when you meet people? John's a big listener of mine, I guess. Because as big as the genre is, it's been... <laughs> John listens Th- to me every thankfully, thankfully, Greg Reynolds isn't the worst. <laughs> just John thinks your station It is music. funny, man. I'll have family and friends, and they'll say... Country music's been a dominant genre for a long time. Like, con- when I was a kid, it was kind of... Uh, it was popular, but it was more of a, like an old school type thing, but the pop country to me in the 90s really thrust it into the forefront and it's kept that momentum going. Here's... 4-2 Leafs now. Yeah, I saw that and I almost threw up. Um, (laughs) I I can't stand them. And, yeah. Sorry, that got me all off my game. Any Toronto team, I'm just... I want anybody... You don't even like the Blue Jays? No, not even a little bit. Who's your baseball team? 
I'll cheer for anybody but the like. I I can't I can't cheer for a Toronto team because all the sports networks. That's all they'll talk about. Like they're gonna be a massive event in sports. But if Austin Matthews sneezes, that's their top story. Is he sick? Is he okay? Dun dun dun. And they're gonna go to the panel. You're like, man, just level the playing field across the country and I will hate your teams a little less. But forcing me to watch so much garbage about them 24-7, it drives me nuts. What was your question before? <laughs> I don't remember. So you don't, li- uh, so you don't like the Leafs? You don't like the Blue Jays? You don't no, like the Argos? You know, they don't talk about the Argos very much. This is what I want to uh, know. You don't like the Raptors? You can text in. What's your text line? 630-630. Who is the team or the athlete that you actively root against because you can't stand them? Oh, that's a good one for the text line. Yeah. Well, who's yours? Because mine's everybody Toronto and Tom uh, Brady. Well, mine's actually Brad Marchand. And I know really? I, I know I cover the NHL and one day he could be an Edmonton Oiler and I'll have but to But you would him. love him as an Oiler. That's my thing. Maybe. Because he scores, he'll get in your face, he'll get you off your game, he'll hit, he'll fight. He's the exact kind of player you want. Yeah, he's a little much, don't you think? No, I like it. I like it because I was that guy on the ice. Who else do I really dislike? A team, an athlete, whoever it is. Well, well, the Red Sox. I hate the Red Sox. But, but I'm not why? a big fan of Boston teams. There's no logic behind it. <laughs> That's the great thing about being a sports fan. Yeah, it you don't is. Have to logically say anything. I've just, I've never liked the Bruins. And I had this weird thing when the Red Sox started getting good. I didn't, I didn't want them to win. <laughs> Even though they had the curse of the Bambino no, and all that to kind of stuff. Keep going on. I think you didn't like the bloody sock with Kurt Schilling. I saw that in the Hall of Fame. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, good stories. I just don't like the team. Patrick Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's an easy one to root against, right? I was watching that Master Sunday, and all I could think about was like, Spieth, can you just go 12 under on Sunday and just somehow... Almost did. He <laughs> tried. He tried. That would have been awesome. So 4-2 Toronto with yeah. three minutes left in the third period. Now 2-1 for the Lightning leading the Devils. Stamkos with a power play goal in the first minute of the third period. Swift current up 2-0 in Moose Jaw. Game 7, that's after the first period. So Swift, coached by St. Albert's Manny Vivrios, trying to advance to the third round. And in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, Game 3 of their league final, Spruce Grove is on home ice, trying to go up 3-0 in the series. They lead 3-0 after the first period. How about that? That's fantastic. What are the texts coming in about the uh, the uh, the athletes and the team that you that you just actively root against? Uh, Daniel says, "I hate the Leafs." There you go. I'm a Habs fan. Hate the Bruins. Number two. Somebody just texted in Eric Lindros. Oh yeah, there was a lot of people that were very anti Lindros. And I liked him. Chris from Red Deer says, "Reed, I got to agree with you. Marchand is the worst, and I hate the Bruins." <laughs> um, and uh, this texter says, "Alan Jackson is the U2 of country music." Uh, I honestly I don't know what the parallel would be, but sure, we'll go with that. This texture says, "Hi, Reed, enjoying your show. My car is in the ditch south of Elk Island Park. Oh. Think the Oilers will hit the ditch next season." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I all due respect to that listener. I know they're being a little humorous. I'm not doing. 18, 19 predictions today. But I do hope you're okay in the ditch. <laughs> we, did have Ty, we did have Ty Ratty on the first half hour of the show. I liked that pickup when it happened because you knew he just needed a new shot. 
Because he was, a, yeah. yeah. And if he starts the season with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins, and he, and, and I mean, Shirelli said in his news conference last week he struggled defensively. I asked Ty about it today, and he said, "I think I've worked on it. I just have to do it game in and game out. Game out. If he's twenty games into the season and he's a liability, okay, you put his eight hundred thousand dollars back in the minors. It's I think not it's going to crush you. I think it's interesting how sports works like that. If you there, there, you can be this high, you know, highly touted prospect, and it doesn't work out because of the situation or the coach or whatever. And you bump around a couple of places, and people give up on you. And then you find a home that really works, and people get you at this incredible value. No, we don't value. know if that's his case. No, but I'm talking. I, I'm, I'm, but it's happened before, right? Sure. I mean, you even look at Evander Kane going to the Sharks. Nobody wanted Evander Kane anymore because he was, yeah, kind of a locker well, room and, and nemesis. Well, right? and, and I know the Oilers have made a lot of bad moves over the years, but some. I mean, sometimes you know, callers will call on me and Robin and say, well, the Oilers missed on that guy. And we might say, well, yeah. And then sometimes people, well, the Oilers missed on that guy. Well, sometimes a guy just matures, you know, when he was an Oiler. I mean, if Raddy turns out to be really good or are people in St. Louis could be, oh, the Blues messed up. Well, you know what? When he was a Blue, he wasn't playing well. Enough. You can never look back and say, oh, and that's why I love when, when trades happen from four years ago and it says, well, look who that first round draft pick turned out to be. <laughs> you can't, You can't live your sports life that way. Uh, John hates the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, I'm yeah. surprised it took that long to get an ante. Well, it's not football season yet. Can I tell you, living Jay in Regina... Says, uh, Sean Avery. Yeah, but yeah. he was fun to watch, too. I like those pest guys. But living in Regina, it's a whole different animal out there, the CFL, man. If you're not wearing green on game days, and I lived there for two years, people look at you like you have five heads. The best thing ever was my first Rough Riders game. And I'm from Calgary, so I didn't know what to expect. And all I'm hearing, because they were playing, I think the Ticats had Henry Burris at that point, and they hate Hank. They hate Henry. In Saskatchewan. And all I'm hearing is this this lady behind me just cussing out Henry Burris. And I'm like, man, she hate. And I look back, and it's like this 98-year-old grandma. <laughs> She's just <laughs> giving it to him. And I'm like, this is a whole different animal. This is fantastic. Uh, somebody just texted in Ovechkin and the Caps. It's interesting with o- Ovechkin. Because, you know, he's a gregarious guy, scores a lot of goals, but some fans, some people just hate him. But that's what happens. Is it because he's They're... Russian? Is it because his team doesn't do well in the playoffs? I think you oh, get Marchand's that. Oh, Marchand's getting into it. Good. Here we go. Don't you feel like you get that when you're a star? You become polarizing. People hate Sidney oh, yeah, Crosby. I mean, some people hate McDavid yeah. in other cities, right? And so, so the bigger you become, the more popular you become. Yeah, and, and usually you if you're know. an athlete, if you're hated, you're doing something well. It's like the I mean, no, 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 no fan in the NHL is sitting there saying, I, who, I hate Euro Packer in it. You know, <laughs> poor like, Euro, like, why? What did Euro. I do? No, somebody's going to... Oh, uh, <laughs> Jason uh, Claude Lemieux. Uh, Neil yep. Sheehy, he was hated for sure. Yep. Uh, uh, frustrated fan says, I I hate Sid the Kid, the whiner. <laughs> there we go. But that's what I love. is is And you get... Uh, sometimes I feel like the more you hate a team or a player, you're you're more passionate about that than the team that you love and cheer for. You oh, can... what a save there by Anderson. Did you see that? Oh, did he make one? Good for him. Pasternak, wide open net. Anderson got it with a pass. Did he make one? <laughs> They're going to win. <laughs> this says series on, baby. No, it's not. You have to win the that series, first game the, at home. The series, no. the series doesn't start till someone loses a home game. I will bet you Bruins in five. Well, they're probably still going to win. Absolutely. 747, Greg Reynolds from Kissing in Studio. We're coming right back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. (laughs) 
Uh, lots of good texts coming into 6.30, Brian Kessler. Oh, somebody hates Devin Dubnik. That's interesting. I get that. Dino Cicerelli. There's a blast from the past. And frustrated fan, who's one of my favorites. Blake Shelton is almost washed up now since he joined The Voice 11 years ago. Uh, incorrect. I'm making Reed uncomfortable because I'm putting you on my Instagram story. That's fine. Isn't Blake <laughs> Shelton with Gwen Stefani? Yeah, you look at you, pop culture. Yeah, and she used to be with uh, Tony Canal, the bass player in No Doubt. Incorrect. And then, and then she was with... Uh, Gavin Rossdale. Gavin Rossdale. She was Bush. with the guy in the band. I didn't know she was with the guy. I just, I, yeah, I she always was knew with the guy Bush. in No Doubt. All the songs off Tragic Kingdom are about him. Like, cause he he broke up with her while they were writing Tragic Kingdom. But remember so how then good, she wrote all these angry breakup songs. Remember how good Glycerine was from Bush? I remember that song. Yes, Don't let the... Machine Heads better. Yeah, well, two pretty good songs. Uh, Blake Shelton is. Here's the thing about the Voice. Blake Shelton went on the Voice and it like resurrected the guy's career because he wasn't flying high before that. Oh, really? No. And so he's still around and making a ton of money because of the Voice. And it, it's wild how those shows work. You don't realize how many people watch and care about that show until you put somebody on there that is kind of obscure and they have 10 million yeah, new like followers to be a judge on social on that media. Show, all of a sudden, you get way more exposure. Way more. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like those shows. I, I just. I just don't find them interesting. But my parents watch some of them. They're watching something called Little Big Shots. Now. Oh, that's a good one. See, I. They just will reference, oh, my, my mom will be like, oh, I saw, I saw a five-year-old magician on Little Big Shots. <laughs> it's adorable. And I'll be like, okay. Now, Little Big Shots is basically, you know, a kid talent show. But you don't have to go through, like, Little Jimmy singing badly. It's kids that are actually talented, and then Steve Harvey is Oh, Harvey's funny the judge them. or yeah. the host? No, he's the he, Does no he no announce judges. the wrong winner at the end? Always. Yeah, that's his shtick. <laughs> No, there's no, there's no winner or loser, and there's no judging. It's just show me your talent, and then he'll talk to him. Oh, so it's not one of those where they pair no, you down, no, 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 they no. call the herd, so to speak. No, no, <laughs> making kids cry. You're terrible. Leafs win it 4-2. Boston leads the series 2-1. Lightning and Devils 2-2 with 12 minutes left in the third. Lightning up 2-0 in the series. Coming up later, Nashville, Colorado. Anaheim, San Jose. Game 7, Swift Current, Moose Jaw in the dub. Swift Current leads 2-0 after 1. And in the AJHL, Game 3 in Spruce Grove. And the Saints lead it 3-0 with the second period about to start. So the Saints trying to go up 3-0 in that series. Chris Chelios getting a vote for most. There were too many texts for most hated teams and athletes <laughs> to read. I just saw the last one to come in. Chris Chelios. 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 I liked the story about Chris Chelios, though. I didn't like him for a long time. I was, I was a lot like that texter. And then somebody told me that at, like, 47 to stay in game shape, because he played until he was 65, that he would, like, do bike workouts in the sauna. To stay in really, really wow. good shape. So no, I like that dedication. No Blue Jays game today. Good. Chunks of ice fell off the CN Tower and made a hole in the roof at Rogers Center. They'll play a doubleheader tomorrow. Tyler Myers from uh, Winnipeg, highly doubtful for game four. Uh, got banged up there in that collision with Marcus Felino. Patrick Chan, Canadian figure skater, retiring at the age of 27. Great career, three world titles, 10 uh, Canadian titles. Oilers defenseman Matt Benning played the last couple of games in the season with a broken bone in his wrist, had an MRI after the season, and they are like, oh, yeah, that's why it hurts so bad. That's insane. Got a bit of a broken bone in there. And uh, the Lacombe Generals lost the Allen Cup final 7-4 to Stony Creek, but another great season 
for Lacombe. Greg, thanks a lot for coming up. Anytime, my friend. I love hanging out here, so anytime you want me up. Greg Reynolds is on Kissin' Country 103.9, 2 to 7 every day. 2 to 7, Monday to Friday, buddy. Also heard from Mike Civic, former NHL linesman, Jelena Mergenovich, eight-time Women's World Boxing Champ, her 50th fight in Edmonton next Saturday, and Ty Ratty from the Oilers was also on the show. Dave Campbell's the producer, Kellen Kennedy's the studio producer. I'm Reed Wilkins. Talk to you tomorrow. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.